What's up, folks? Welcome back to another episode of Hanging in the Hangar. And this time, we have a surprise guest for you, someone you've never heard on the show before. It's Josh. Fishman. He's back, but as a guest, so... We've been trying to, get him, trying to get him on the podcast for a long time. Yeah, but we just keep having scheduling issues and having him have the guest yeah. host. Sorry, guys. I've been busy. You know how it yeah. is. Yeah. Doesn't like us very much. Doesn't want to hang in the hangar. You guys hung in your in your apartment one <laughs> yeah. time. Yeah, Daniel. What you you were out of town or something though? I don't remember. Yeah, something was happening. We were supposed to have fish on for our guest. Mm-hmm. I couldn't be on, so you and Fish got Colette to be your guest. Yeah. Then me and Fish had you to be mm-hmm. our guest, and now, yeah, now the duo is yeah. back. With a special guest. And then next week, Josh will be back on to talk about you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. I won't. Oh, wait. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, this past weekend, uh, we had a storm in Nashville. Kind of came out of nowhere. And all of a sudden, everything was just out of whack. All yeah. the street lights were down. Trees were down. Uh, people's power were out. Um, uh, how, how were you guys affected by that? You want to start, Daniel? I mean... I think you had it worse than me. I didn't know that you had it longer than me. Yeah. We we were without power for, I think, it was like 13 to 14 hours, something like that. I can't remember exactly what time the power went down, but my wife was in the middle of a of a Zoom call. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she went back through her calendar to see like when exactly that call was. And that call was supposed to be from like 1230 to 1. And so the power went off at 12.30, I think, 1 o'clock on Friday afternoon. And then it came back on at like 3.45 a.m. In the morning, wow. On Saturday. And, dude, it woke me up, and I came out of the bed like a spider monkey ready to do some damage to something. (laughs) Every light in our house turned on because I guess when the power went off, Both of our, like, bedside lamps were on. Mm. Um, The hall light came on. And when... We don't have... If there's any burglars out there, disregard this next statement. We don't have, like, an active alarm for our house. But there is an alarm system from, like, 20 years ago in our house. What's the code? Yeah. Uh, Zero, 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 zero. Um, And it every time the power goes off, when it comes back on, it goes... Yeah, and so three forty-five. I'm like <laughs> out of bed. Like, what's going on? I'm, oh, I'm like no. ready to go. Athletic possession or athletic position, just ready to fight somebody. It was crazy. Oh, man. We ended up um, emptying basically all of our uh, fridge into like two big coolers. Mm-hmm. We kind of thought ahead. It was like, hey, it's like five, six hours, and the power's not coming back. Only we went and bought a bunch of bags of ice. And we're looking on like Twitter and stuff, and people are like, "Yeah, there's like a hundred thousand, you know, houses or whatever or something in Nashville that are without power." We were like, "Yeah, we might not get power for a while." Mm-hmm. So went and bought a bunch of bags of ice and and put them down in a cooler and put just you know the milk, the cheese, the hot dogs, all that kind of stuff down in there. It was crazy. And Kyle, you had a similar experience, yeah. Yeah, well, I was at work, um, so everything should have been off in my apartment because I turn everything, all the lights off at least. And I'm just at my desk, and I have windows behind me, 
and all of a sudden, like, the room just kind of goes dark, and then it just goes, like, bright again, and just, like, a massive out, like, downpour of rain just happens. And I was like, what the heck is going on? Like, it's raining, like, immensely hard. And then, like, not long after, like, our power in the office goes out for, like, a couple minutes and it comes back on. And, like, we were able to save all of our files and everything. But um, I later on go home and, like, none of the street lights are working just from Bellmead all the way into Bellevue. Maybe, like, two that are working. And I'm like, okay, like, the light going into my apartment complex is not working. So odds are my apartment is out. So I get there, it's out. I'm like, all right, well, I have plans later that night, but I <clears throat> uh, messaged a friend and I was like, hey, can I just like come hang out for a bit? Because like, I can't see anything in my apartment right now. So I head over to like middle town and we go to a movie and then I go home and it is just like pitch black. And I'm like, okay, I have my phone light. And I go find like my light that I have, like a flashlight, just one of those ones that like, the whole like surround yeah. is like the light mm -hmm. so that kind of lights up everything and I just use that and I just walk around my apartment to find that whatever I need um, but I was like the next morning I'm like okay I can't do that I can't do that it just sucks because <laughs> um, I, I don't A I don't have power uh, and I don't have light um, so I can't charge anything but I also uh, don't have cell phone service because I'm back in like like way back of the yeah. world, pretty much um so like i can't watch anything on my phone like my i like i have unlimited data so like i don't really care about using data right like, oh, i just want to watch youtube or go on netflix or something it gives me something to do i'm like i can't do anything mm. so the next day i get up and i go um out and everything's still down like i have to get around a bunch of trees um but my power doesn't come on until Late that night, I wasn't even home when it happened. I was staying at uh, Jack Murphy's house, if you all know him, on an air mattress. And I get an email from my apartment complex later that night that, like, oh, power's back on. But it was, like, probably 30 hours at least. So this was more. Saturday night? Yeah. So from Friday afternoon at some point mm -hmm. until Saturday night, yeah. no power. And, like... Luckily, I, uh, well, this is kind of sad, but luckily I didn't have anything in my fridge because I haven't been meal prepping. Uh, so the, there's only a couple of things I had to toss, which was mainly just like old condiments that I don't use that probably have gotten <laughs> tossed way sooner. Some of them were 2022 inspiration. And I was like, oh. Um, but like I went over my fridge and like I have some oranges I put in there and like went to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and I'm like, okay, like even in the freezer, like none of my cooling packs were like cold enough to be like, oh, I'll just throw this in my cooling bag and take yeah. it somewhere. But um, yeah, it's wild how everything just shut down so quick. Mm. Yeah, I had it worse than both of you guys. Uh, I think on one of my drives, um, two intersections were out. Mm. Dude, it was rough. Um, <laughs> that's actually the only experience I had with this storm. Like, and then he went home. My power never went out. I never that's saw it. Oh, like, <laughs> Imagine not being able to talk about your struggles. Everyone's I know, right? looking at you and you're like, I can't relate. <laughs> like, that's harder than anything we have. I suffer too, guys. You know, like, <laughs> you have to understand. You're the real hero. Yeah, yeah. thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, so luckily we have. Um, I'm not going to. I don't want to make it sound like we have like a doomsday like prepper kit at our house, but like, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I hunt 
and and yeah. we actually have a bunch of stuff stored away for like power goes out, disaster stuff. So we've got you know tons of batteries, um, tons of flashlights, and like you said, those like camp kind of lantern looking yeah. lights that you mm-hmm. can just set up. And so we had a bunch of that stuff um, just ready to go, and so it wasn't too bad. Um, you know the the kids. Actually, Taylor and my Taylor and my five year old went to a play in Franklin that which they were already doing, mm-hmm. and me and our year and a half year old were left at home <laughs> with no power. But uh, a, a a friend of ours in a neighborhood like across the street from us, they had power, mm-hmm. and so we went over there, and they were actually not even there, and so me and the baby just kind of like chilled for like an hour by ourselves, and I took her home and. And she went to sleep, but um, yeah, I mean, it's a good reminder to have stuff around, you know, yeah. candles, matches, lighters, batteries, flashlights, all that kind of stuff. I was wearing like a headlamp mm. for basically, you know, 12 of those 14 hours <laughs> when I wasn't asleep, I was wearing a headlamp. So that was pretty fun. It'd be interesting, like back home in Connecticut, our fridge, like we would just try not to open it as much and it would right. mainly stay cold. Yeah. But, like, I opened mine like once and I didn't open the freezer. And as soon as I open it, it's like everything's gone. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if it's just like a crappy apartment fridge so it doesn't do much. But like we used to have our, our house had gas. So we'd still be able to like cook. Yeah. Um, like the water still works, but it's just dark in the bathroom. <laughs> it's the middle of the house. So it's like you could take a shower, but like you can't see anything. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, like that's this is probably the craziest storm that I've had to go through, like on my own. I remember in college there was one time where like a massive tree had like fallen right in our backyard, like inches from our house that we were st- uh, living in, and it had fallen like right between. There was this like metal like fence that kind of wrapped around the backyard. And there was like a gap between them, and the tree fell right between the gap. Wow. Jeez. Yeah. So like nothing was destroyed. What a blessing. But this thing was like at least five or six feet, like girth. Wow. Mm. Goodness. It was yeah. It was yeah. Very lucky. I feel like uh, I feel like Kentucky has like bad weather frequently. Have you guys? Have you ever been in like? Tornado, power outage, like scary story, stuff like that. Um, so I'm like the worst person to ask about any storm stories because I've been so blessed my entire life. Um, my parents had like underground power lines and everything. So like the thickest storms would just like not affect us at all. But that allowed us to like be like a safe house for a lot of people that were out yeah. there. So I have like a couple of fun stories about like just people coming over. But I'd say the only time that I've been like out of power like, ever, was uh, the bad storm in Nashville, like, the snowstorm, like, two years ago, yeah. three years ago, um, and uh, it was the first time that, like, we had been without power, and my roommate, my roommates and I just, like, set up, like, some candles on a table, and we just, like, chilled out and, like, mm-hmm. pretended like it was, like, pilgrim times, and then one of my roommates is like, you want to go on a joyride? <laughs> just in, like, a thick storm <laughs> of, like, snowstorm, and we just, like, I don't know, just had fun with it, which um, <laughs> is... These are not tips for anyone else, like, to actually try to plan, actually, like, yeah. have lights, but we try to make the best of it, you know? Yeah. 
we've had times where like our power went out for like weeks during like one of the hurricanes and like really half the town like didn't have power for a while because like so much got affected to the point where like they couldn't fix anything all that quickly um and it was during the summertime so we didn't have to go to school or anything which wouldn't have had power but we had to like borrow some generators from some friends and like buy gas to put in them mm-hmm. um, so we could like hook our fridge up to it so we could still like make stuff because what else are you gonna do like you're out yeah. for so long that like what's interesting here is like even the grocery stores were down this during this storm so mm-hmm. like, they had to toss everything like there wouldn't have been that much food to get anyways no no yeah i mean we i can't imagine i've never had to be without power that long um it, it seems so weird that Nashville doesn't have better infrastructure hmm. because this happens a lot with, with like that wasn't a, a bad storm on Friday. I mean, it was high winds yeah. for like five straight hours. It was high winds. It just doesn't seem like we have, um, I, and I don't know what the solution is, mm-hmm. but we don't have like um, updated <laughs> infrastructure mm-hmm. when it comes to like, our utilities around yeah, here. Just like any storm, right? Like snow. Anything. Like, yeah. Like, around Christmas yeah. time, this, this same type of thing happened right. last Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. I was in um, the worst the worst uh, storm I've ever been in. Uh, I'll just very briefly. In 2011, if you can actually look this up on YouTube, uh, in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, where the University of Alabama is located, um, there was an F5 tornado, which I think is the biggest classification of tornadoes, um, that just completely decimated almost the entire, like, a, a large portion of Tuscaloosa uh, was just decimated, like flattened. And it was it was scary because we knew all day, it was like all around Mississippi, uh, southwest Tennessee, and, and parts of Alabama, just all day, there was like tornadoes everywhere and so you knew like wow it's tornado 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 and then i guess it was maybe like two three four o'clock in the afternoon and they're like hey a monster you know funnel cloud is headed towards tuscaloosa and so we're all like taking cover and the apartment complex right behind mine was just leveled i mean it was like i think like 200 people died in in the tornado it was it was insane, I and mean, we just went out. I mean, Tuscaloosa was out of power for for weeks. Hmm. Um, we would just went out walking afterwards, trying to f- like find people and see if if anybody needed help. It was sad. It was terrifying. It's terrible, yeah. and also just like cleanup is just like such a process, mm-hmm. and it's tragic. Insane. Like, it's yeah. tragic. Yeah. 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 Isn't there a part of Nashville that is like Hurricane Alley and has been hit like two or three times in the past few years? Like this one, like. Do you mean tornado alley? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> they always come down I forty. Yeah. From the west, and it seems like because I'm in Bellevue and forty goes straight through Bellevue, it seems like it always stays on the north side yeah. of forty. So maybe there is a section there, but I don't know. I think I think Paulson might have been telling me this. There's like a part of like north east Nashville or like north Nashville. Okay. Alley has this one area that has been hit at least twice. Hmm. Where it just, like, funnels into... Yeah. yeah. It's, like, the area where, like, is most common for, like, the tornadoes to hit. Well, it has something to do with rivers, because, you know, tornadoes don't cross bodies of water, really. Um, 
usually they will they'll go back up. I, I don't know if you're a, a tornadoologist out there. Where's Lira when we need? Yeah, it? where's Kyle Lira? Photosynthesis. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if if there's something to that with with bodies of water or like how the storm cell moves along rivers. Josh, you know things about computers. Tell us about tornadoes. <laughs> oh yes, I'll run a simulation or something. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know much about tornadoes. I remember in uh, high school they had us watch the the like tornado movie, whatever that main one is. With like Jodie Foster. Yeah. <laughs> for some reason. Twister. Twister. Yeah. For some reason uh, they sat yeah. us down and were like, "Hey, y'all are gonna watch this today." And we're like, "It's from like 1994." And it was like a yearly thing they did. And we're like, "Why are we watching this?" Tornado awareness is real. I mean, mm. I had never heard of a tornado in Connecticut until me and a friend. Uh, we're visiting one of my other friends in Maine one weekend, and on our way down, there had been a hurricane that had been affecting home. My parents were like, hey, our power's out, and we were like, oh, we just stay in Maine. We won't have to deal with it, and my, no one was home at my house, so I was like, I don't really want to go home. Like, I'd rather just stay in Maine because there's nothing for me there. Like, our power would be out. I'd be chilling by myself at a house with nothing, uh, but my other friend, his parents were like, oh, we want to make sure that you're safe. I'm like, why safer here? Than he would be if we went back. So like after the storm, we went down, and as we're driving, I get an alert on my phone. It's like tornado warning, hmm. and I'm like, well, I don't know where this thing is, but we're driving the direction we're driving, so hopefully it's not over there. <laughs> but this tornado apparently had like there's a mountain called Sleeping Giant in Connecticut that it apparently had just like decimated pretty much. Wow. So like all these trails that people would hike on were just like gone. Hmm. And I was like, okay, I'd never heard of a tornado anywhere near me until then. Wow. Yeah, they're scary. Uh, ask Jodie Foster if she knows. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. All right. Um, do we want to do this game first or after the next topic? Oh, I don't care. Let's do this first. Let's do now. Okay. So we have a game that's going to kind of lead into the next topic a little bit. But essentially... Um, I'm going to be naming a strange hobby or something associated to that hobby, and Josh and Daniel are going to have to guess what they think that it is. Do you have an example? Yes. So the one we'll start with is probably the easiest one. Um, It is extreme irony. Okay. So it's probably the easiest one to kind of guess what what you think that is. Extreme ironing? Yep. Oh, this is the easiest one. (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. So what am I supposed to guess? Like what do you, what do you think? Is, like, right? what do you think this hobby is? Like, what do you think people do when they partake? Oh, okay. I'm gonna say that they are in the back of a pickup truck <laughs> <laughs> with an iron like plugged into like the cigarette lighter. <laughs> what and, I was thinking is, and they're like off roading at the same time. And they have to like clean clean press a button up shirt. <laughs> I was thinking they they iron while they're wearing the clothes. Whoa! <laughs> that's extreme. Man, that's that's hardcore. I don't know. If, okay, I don't know if either of those things are part of it. But what I had seen is is pretty much ironing in like the most difficult circumstances. Okay. So like one that saw were like great. underwater or uh, skydiving. Okay. So wow. Like hand standing under a waterfall or something like stuff like that. Is so like, like bungee jumping. Yeah. Ironing a pair of slacks. <laughs> <laughs> so you yeah. can go to work. <laughs> Sweet. Extreme ironing. Yeah. All right. Honestly, it. though, Josh, I think yours is my most extreme. <laughs> I, I think 
There was a, How do you get the insane? <laughs> so my, have you guys heard of a steamer? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So my mom got us those for college. And she was like, look, I, I hope I don't have to tell you guys this, but like, do not use it when you're wearing the shirts. <laughs> and I was like, why on earth would I do that? But apparently people have done it. Dude, it is so tempting. As soon as I got my hands on the steamer, I was like... Dude, I'm already wearing the clothes. <laughs> it just crosses your mind. Like, yeah. And it's a steamer. Like, you know, I've been in a steam room before. <laughs> right. So the next one, um, I've got seven on here. So we'll okay. Go. Next one is uh, the next easiest, I think, is uh, element collecting. Oh, I've actually seen that. Like a periodic table of elements and you try yeah. to collect every single one. Yeah. Yeah. Is that what it is or no? Yes, it is. Oh, yeah. cool. <laughs> Yeah, that's a cool thing. The only one that I, I'm always like, how do they do that? Is like uranium and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm like, how are you collecting that and why? Yeah, I mean, the article I was looking at was like, <laughs> do not go after radioactive materials. Enjoy just like your basic ones, like iron and breathe into a bag for helium <laughs> or, <laughs> or nitrogen or whatever it is. But that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Um, nice fish. Yeah, a little bit harder. Uh, toy voyaging. First thing that came to mind was like seeing how far you can take like a hot wheel car, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. just like seeing how far it can travel. You know I mean? Okay. I think this is <laughs> you're in a huge bathtub <laughs> <laughs> with uh, like a toy pirate ship mm-hmm. and you're just make believe. You're just playing make believe. You're mm-hmm. on a voyage. Okay. So, so your daughter's toy voyage. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. So what this actually is <laughs> this isn't none of you guys really got all that close you got the toy part <laughs> yeah okay good you know it involves toys <laughs> yeah it does involve okay. toys uh, is where you send your toy on vacation okay you don't is... go you pay to send your toy on a vacation what well, this world is is yeah. messed up what happens when it gets there do people take it on a so they trip? send it to <laughs> it's not toy like yeah they have to mail it you know? and then they have like Whoever it goes to, like, film it or something. <laughs> okay. That's nuts. But, like, imagine That's an actual hobby? spending your money so an, an inanimate object can go on vacation instead <laughs> of you. It's not the weirdest thing that I've heard of people doing, but it's yeah. weird. That's up there. Alright, we're going to get a little bit harder. Uh, the next one is noodling. Oh, this is where you stick your hand in a hole in the lake and pull out a catfish. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. <laughs> of course he knows this. Yeah. <laughs> wow. What would you have thought it was, Jeff? Yeah, I was thinking like just having pool noodles on my arms and just like, <laughs> flailing around with them. No, this is this can be very dangerous because uh, if you pick the wrong hole, it's a snapping turtle. Um, oh. Or it could be an alligator or something like that. But it is an actual hobby <laughs> and I've seen people do it. Um, and I would never, ever, ever do it because I would not stick my hand in a swamp hole uh, under the water and, and wow. let so what you have to do if people don't know for noodling let's just say you're in a swamp okay I don't know why you're in the swamp but you're in like knee deep thigh deep water um, you're you, you're finding holes and you are shoving your hand into a hole closed fisted until a catfish like swallows your arm 
Is that why it's called a noodle? Because your arm is like... Yeah. 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 And so once the catfish clamps down on your arm, you pull your arm out and like, you know, half of your arm is in this catfish's mouth and you've caught a 60 pound catfish. Oh, yeah. Jeez. That's crazy. Have you done this? You thought toy voyaging was weird. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm saying I've seen people do this. I've never, I've never done this. No. See, toy voyaging is weird. This is just like redneck. Like I just, oh yeah, hundred percent can picture redneck. This is one of those like hold my beer. It's like when I was reading this, it was like oh you just stick your hand in and you with a bare hand you get a catfish. I was imagining there's someone like grabbing a fish, just standing in the water. That's like way worse. (laughs) Yeah, this is normally it's muddy, swampy water. Oh man. And yeah, down in the bayou. All right. So next one is a term. they call themselves bagists. What do you think a bagist does? <laughs> hmm. I'll take a shot. Okay. So you know when you're at the grocery store. Just <laughs> 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 you a bagging boy or something. Yeah. So this is this is when you have a natural or um, fabricated. Um, hatred or prejudice against people <laughs> who put things in bags and carry them around. <laughs> so it's like you see a lady walking down the street with a huge purse, you hate that lady because you're a baggist. <laughs> or like the high school kid at Kroger who's like, hey, sir, would you like me to help you bag these things up? And you're like, no, because I hate you. Okay. That's a baggist. All right. I unfortunately took it a similar direction. But oh, it was dang. like a prejudice on the type of bag. So like oh, plastic okay. bag is Ooh, like yeah, it's bad for the earth. But then a Gucci on the other side or something might be you know whatever. Or maybe a renewable bag if you're a compostable bag. So this is someone who does collect bags. Okay. But specifically, the the in-flight sick bags. Oh, what? No. <laughs> the world record holder has three hundred and eighty-eight. Are these used? don't know. I'm hoping not. I'm assuming not. Okay. So just different flights. Yeah, I mean, I don't Do know. Do they have to be unique bags? I, I don't know. I mean, I imagine there's not 388 unique ones. I mean, if you fly sense. like Southwest like 388 times, then you just get the same <laughs> thing. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, this person probably has been on this many flights and they just collect it, but... That is yeah. so strange. That's probably one yeah. of the stranger ones. Okay. The next one, Josh, you might uh, know what this one is, but this is a term that people are using. Uh, it's called devious licks. <laughs> keep it PG. Keep it PG. <laughs> Isn't a devious lick like a, a sick riff? Like a guitar? No. no? Okay, it might That's be. Where, where it I might be, it. but it's not what where this is going. I've definitely heard this term, actually. Okay, yeah, you, you'll know exactly why if I explain it. Is it just like you like try to sneak in a lick on the back of someone's neck, like in, <laughs> like in public or, like, or something? Like a combo or something? Or like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so what this is, is people who will film themselves committing crimes and put it on the internet. Whoa. <laughs> okay, I haven't heard that. <laughs> yeah, this is like a TikTok trend of like people will like film themselves like stealing from a store. And then well, just get immediately caught. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's all of them do, yeah. Yeah, what? <laughs> so where does the word lick... Like licks. So like, I imagine it's it's in the sense of where like, like getting caught is like the lick. 
you know, like, in, like okay, okay, you know what I mean? Like, there's that that. Okay, and there's <laughs> like no, I don't like know when you get mean. a licking, you yeah. know, like like oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. like punishment yeah okay like take yeah. a licking and keep on ticking. That's what they say in the south. <laughs> Back when you're noodling. <laughs> yeah, when you're when you're noodling, the catfish licks your arm. <laughs> <laughs> Deviously. Deviously. <laughs> <laughs> this is a catfish term yeah. for when you get noodled. They all roll it back. Yeah. <laughs> Bro, you're just, you're just a catfish. I mean, you might know about this, Josh Fishman. Your catfish chilling in the, in the hole in the rock in the middle mm. of the lake, and all of a sudden, someone sees their arm and you're like, Boy, watch me about to do a devious thing. <laughs> yes. yes. That's, you throw the catfish yeah. back if you feel a devious lick. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> the, the real no devious ones are when it's not a catfish and you get an alligator or a stabbing girl. Yes. Yeah. But, uh, devilish lick. Right. So the last one. This is Japanese. It's uh, Hikaru Dorodango. Whoa. So you're going off of nothing here, pretty much, unless you know Japanese. Hmm. And this is a hobby? Yes. Okay. Right. Hikaru Dorodango. Mine is going to be collecting Hello Kitty. Isn't that like a huge thing in like Japan? Like Hello Kitty is? I think so. I could see this being a... I don't know. You may have just hobby. stereotyped like a whole people group. But <laughs> I'm sorry if I did. <laughs> if you're listening, I don't mean to offend. I'm ignorant. <laughs> Can you say the word again? Hikaru Dorodango. Hikaru Dorodango. Okay. So these are people who, who collect Hikaru is Japanese for our word hickory. Mm. Dorodangu is like door decorations. So wow. Dorodangu is a door decoration. So it's lucky that's so similar to English. Yeah. Yeah. So people walk around <laughs> What are the romantic languages? People walk around and they they try to pinpoint doors made of only hickory mm. and then they steal the decorations that might be on those doors only. And they film it for the devious lick. And they film it as a devious lick. <laughs> <Yeah. Yeah. laughs> Someone combine all these hobbies into one. <laughs> so, the English term for this is polishing dirt. So they find dirt and they make it as shiny as they can. Wait, I've seen that before. Yeah. yeah you absolutely. know, if you wash it, you just have mud. <laughs> There's like a whole thing to it. You can like polish it so it's like you can like see your reflection in it. It's yeah. like dirt. Whoa. Yeah, it's pretty nice. Also, I think there was one that people did with like dung. If I'm not mistaken. Cool. I've never seen that in like a guess. See, my seventh grade football coach said you can't polish a turd. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently you can. <laughs> he was talking about hanging out with the wrong people. Right. So Yeah, devious liquors. <laughs> devious liquors. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. <laughs> That's all of them that I've got. That's good. Do you guys heard of any other weird hobbies that, like... I've started my own little hobby recently, which is just woodworking. I'm trying to I'm trying to learn how to do woodworking. Have you built anything cool yet? Nope. <laughs> uh, no, honestly, this podcast is not about me, but I've been going to um, local, um, like, garden nursery place. Mm-hmm. And also Ace Hardware right by my house. And they just always have empty pallets. And they'll let you have the empty pallet. And so I take those. I strip them down. Um, and I'm right now I'm building my wife some raised garden beds. Yeah, out I thought you were going to end after building my wife. And I was like, I thought oh, you were no. already had one. I'm building a wife. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you're looking for a big scale. Because there's also like small scale woodworking, mm-hmm. you know. 
Yeah, no, I'm talking about just like projects around the house. She wants me to build a fence to like, so that our our garbage cans can't be seen. Okay, we had to build one of those for one of our jobs. Okay. Where we essentially like, you had to make it low enough that they could still throw stuff in there. Okay. But high enough that we can't see it. I was like, I just planted four bushes last year that were supposed to cover the garbage can. (laughs) And now you want me to build a fence. But... Yeah, I'm just having fun with it. Yeah. Just in the garage for the last two weekends, um, cutting and measuring and Man, just trying to get used to all of... Um, so uh, Noah felt. Yeah. And God was like, hey, I need to build it on. He's like, I have done this for two days. Like, yeah. My wife wants me to build a fence. Like, I don't know how to do that. Like, you think that's what we all built this on? You see the birdhouse I tried last <laughs> week, God. No, it's, it's, it's fun. I like being out there. It's fun. And... Um, uh, yeah, just yeah. new hobby. And it's cool when like a hobby has like a function to it, right? Like yeah. at the end of the day you have like flower beds or like yeah. something to cover your garbage can <laughs> equally yeah. important. <laughs> yeah. No, like actually like my, my old roommate, he was also into woodworking and he like built us a table and then when he moved out he just left it for us. So oh, that's it's cool. still like this legacy. And yeah. then we've been having fun with it too. Like when people visit or when a roommate moves in we'll like sign underneath the table. So it's just Oh like, cool. It's, yeah, it's just a great thing that he's left for us to carry on this tradition, you know? Yeah. You've got some similar hobbies where you create things, Josh? I do. Um, I'm actually, if you can hear, ASMR here. Um, I, I'm wearing some rings where, uh, that I've made um, out of spoons. Um, it all started when I was at my old apartment complex and I saw a hex nut just like sitting on a trash can. And then just this thought like popped in my brain when like, Someone could make like a hex, like a hex nut ring, right? Like you can make a ring out of that probably. And then, so I didn't take that one, but I went to the store and I got another one. <laughs> and then I just like um, got some files and I like was like filing this this hex nut for like six hours straight. Like yeah. not even kidding, I was just like working, working, working. And then it fit on my pinky, and I was like, this is taking way, way, way too long. Yeah. So I went up to Lexington that next weekend to visit family. My dad has a Dremel tool. I just tore out the inside in like 30 seconds <laughs> instead of six hours and then followed up the rest when I got back and I was able to make a ring out of it. And then that started my whole process of like making rings out of other things. And then I got into spoon rings after that. I once found a gear on the ground outside <laughs> high school. I was like, oh, this make a cool ring. And then you quickly realize if I close my fingers, it hurts a lot. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there are some rings that do have, like, gears in them where they'll, like, spin or whatever, but maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you, like, dole them out or something. Yeah. Uh, That's incredibly cool. Thanks. So where do you find the spoons? Like, where are you getting these spoons from to make rings? Uh, usually antique shops. Okay. Um, there's one in Franklin that is the best one for sure. That um, It's not the one that's next to, like, the Harpeth, but it's the one down, down the street a bit. Okay. Um, and that one just, like, I always love going there. It just seems like it's different every time. Um, and then my favorite one um, is made out of like pure silver, so it's been my like probably my favorite ring that I've ever made. Uh, but it's also the most costly. It was like mm-hmm. most of these cost like two bucks per spoon. That one was twenty eight bucks on wow. sale, so like ten times the price. But it turned out really well, so I'm I'm happy about it. Um, and then that following Christmas, my siblings got me a wood ring making set, so now I make wood rings. Um, have you tried turning your rings back into spoons? <laughs> um, I can kind of take off the head of them. I don't know if they're too useful. Make some spoons. Wait, so you've been doing some woodworking. 
like making rings. Yeah, very small scale. And okay, yeah. cool. And That's very cool. Also, been trying to like transfer it since I already had the Dremel for this stuff. Yeah, I was hoping that I could like use it for like woodworking. Yeah, like like small scale like that too. Um, so how are you bending these? Um, <laughs> it used to be just like brute force essentially, okay. where like um, I got this tool that you can fit in your hand. And then you just like squeeze as hard as you can, and then it'll just like shape the metal into a circle. Um, and then eventually, like this past Christmas, I got um, a big old one that's supposed to like lock, like you can like screw it into like a piece of wood or something, so mm-hmm. the wood won't move. And then you can like use your whole like shoulder into it. Oh, you know? cool! But <laughs> my experience so far has been that it breaks out of a piece of wood and it's completely useless. So <laughs> that's been a blast. <laughs> so I spent a lot of money on that <laughs> for nothing. Joys of hobbies, you know? Yeah. So Josh, you have a few other hobbies as well. I know you gave us kind of a list earlier of uh, different things you do, including uh, Rubik's Cubes and uh, computers, I guess. Computers and, and chess. Chess, and, yeah. Um, yeah, the Rubik's Cube one was kind of because of my dad. He had an old Rubik's Cube at my house, and then I was like, ooh, I want to learn how to solve this. And then I, like, I went to a small, like, high school, mm-hmm. so this isn't as impressive, but, like, it like started like a Rubik's cube like revolution at my school. Like, oh, wow. like everyone in my class was learning how to solve the Rubik's cube because oh, all my friends in junior year of high school we all started learning. How really? To yeah. yeah. Isn't there like a, a a a system that you can follow to like solve yeah. it every time? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I use the beginner's method. So okay. you can if you're like really good, you can solve it. In like I think the world record's like thirty seconds or something. Um, yeah. But the other methods, like the Fuller method, I think it's called, is like the one that people use for like four second solves. Oh my goodness. Yeah, <laughs> those are nuts. Um, but yeah, for a little bit, like even in college, I started just getting into like, I feel like hobbies were my hobby for mm-hmm. a little bit where I just like tried out like rock climbing and then I tried out um, calligraphy and tried out <laughs> competitive eating. <laughs> just like just random things that I just like wanted to get my hands on, just try out and see. Um, and it's, it's just fun getting into a hobby, you know? Like yeah. it's like the Dunning-Kruger effect kind of thing where you're like, okay, like, I feel like I know almost everything about this, and then you realize how dense and deep it can go. Yeah, and you realize how much you need <laughs> to like keep the hobby going and everything. Mm-hmm. I've considered taking your woodworking and metalworking skills and making your own chess pieces. Whoa, that'd be pretty nuts. Um, I do not have like surgeon-like precision, so <laughs> I feel like. It would be very shoddy pieces if I were to try that. But I did get a mini lathe recently, so maybe I've got better odds at least making, like, a pong or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard, like, knights are, like, impossible to make because of all the detail and mm-hmm. how weirdly shaped they are compared to every other piece. Yeah. Um, so, at this current moment, I do not dare <laughs> try to make something like that, but, yeah. So, you, you said chess is one of your hobbies. How, how often do you play chess? Um, daily. Daily? Yeah. It's like online against people. Yeah, um, my favorite thing is like the puzzles that okay. you can do on them. Um, so I've got the gold membership, so you can do like twenty five puzzles a day. I'm gonna really like cap that out, and then also you can do like puzzle battles against people. So you wow. just try to solve puzzles as quick as possible in like five minutes or three minutes. Sorry. Um, and then this all started with like the Queen's Gambit release. Like everyone okay. else, like it's a Queen's Gambit like boom um, in chess, and then so I really got into it for like. Like, a month straight, like, it's all I did. And then I just kind of, like, kept up with it for a good while. Fell out of it and then came back to it uh, once my friends got back into it. So, yeah. Yeah. I've played you a few times and have yet to win. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I, 
I used to play chess. There was maybe like maybe like four or five years ago where I got into um, me and one of my, my best buds that lives in Georgia. Uh, we would just play each other every day in chess online. And I didn't really know hardly anything about it. And I mean... I haven't played in like three years, so I don't really know that much about it right now. But you can pick it up. Um, it's so much fun. It, it it is a fun game. It's a really fun game. I enjoyed it very much. Yeah, it's so like strategy heavy. Yeah, and like also just like realizing how to like maximize pieces and realizing like what defends what. It's just insane. Or like knowing when to trade. It's just it's so dense um, as well. <laughs> just like every other hobby I've been talking about today. <laughs> Yeah, um, it's a good game. I know we've played a few times, uh, which has been enjoyable. I feel like I kind of prefer the puzzles more mm-hmm. so than the actual game. Like it's, it's not I don't like the game. I just find the just puzzle part of it more fun than like, oh, yeah. I have to figure it out from the beginning. No, for sure. <laughs> yeah, It's kind of like, I think of it as like mini golf to golf, you know? Mm-hmm. Puzzles are like... It's the end prize. It's normally like the checkmate or whatever. Yeah. But like a whole game of golf is not what people are, mm-hmm. you know. You have to learn like, one thing instead of... Sink the hole. Yeah. Yeah. Do we have any tips for beginners um, on some of these skills that you've gotten into? Oh, man. Um, a lot of these, I mean, like Rubik's Cubes, for example, you can probably talk about this too, or you just... <laughs> buy a Rubik's Cube, you know, like look up like how to solve one. Um, it's pretty pretty straightforward, but other ones like like ring making or um, calligraphy or whatever, sometimes it can like depend on your tools and, you know, like really diving in, watching tons of YouTube. Just like really learning to love the process um, as much as like the end product. Hmm. Yeah. So like computers is kind of a big thing for you as well. You, so your line of work, um, do you feel like that's something that started as a, as a hobby or like how did you get into to that mm, that's a good question um you can ask my parents ever since i was a kid i just loved like pushing buttons and like it's gotten me into like trouble where i've like <laughs> set off alarms because you push daniel's <laughs> buttons every day <laughs> yeah <right>? for real <laughs> pushing people's buttons yeah that's, those are my favorite buttons i think um <laughs> And then, so once our family got, like, a computer, and I saw a keyboard with, like, 80-plus buttons, I was, like, just in heaven, right? Um, and then... Weird hobbies. <laughs> weird hobbies. <Pushing> buttons. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then I think, I don't know, I, that just got me on, like, the track of, like, being around the computer, and then, like, realizing all that I can do, and then um, once I found out about, like, iPods and, like, iPhones, I, I just started following up with just, like, everything that Apple was doing. Um, which might sound weird to some of the viewers that know me and knows that I'm on Android, <laughs> but believe it or not, I was Team Apple for the longest time. I loved everything they did. Steve Jobs was a man, and then and then, and then I switched. Done. Because of, and yeah. Josh was like, "I'm out." <laughs> That's about the same time that I actually did switch. So it sounds nuts, but it's a true timeline. Um, but yeah, and then I'd say after that, like as far as like getting into this line of work, um. I'd heard that, like, computer programming took a, um, like, to be a programmer, you needed to um, be logical, you needed to be good at math, and you needed to be good at memorization. And I was like, oh, sick, those are my three strengths. And then mm-hmm. so I, I dove into it. Because um, my school, my high school was, like, classical. So we had, like, 
like 80 year old computers and if I like uh, wow. and like we like didn't have any classes about it or anything um, and then so getting involved into it in college and just like falling in love with my first class was just like a blessing because I was like all right this this really worked out that it truly is about these three things and, and my strengths you know do you remember the first computer uh I I'm I kind of <laughs> no I mean I, the first computer no I'm not that old but uh <laughs> I mean, I remember having these big old gigantic cinder block looking things in our um, in our classrooms in like fourth grade. It's like maybe the first time that I remember having a computer in a classroom. And the only thing that I wanted to do on it was play Oregon Trail. So, <laughs> yeah, that's about it. And then we got, I think uh, fifth or sixth grade, we got our own computer really? in our house. And I played uh, SimCity. Okay, um, yeah. For way too many hours. Yeah. Probably and set up traps to like... <laughs> yep. Yeah. It, was, it was amazing. So, that's why I love computers. <laughs> yeah, I remember... We used to go on like AOL all the time. Oh, yeah. Uh, we had... Oh, Minesweeper. AOL is how I got all yeah, my girlfriends. AOL and Minesweeper <laughs> yes. uh, were the main things that we used to do. Yeah. And then like the Disney Channel games and stuff like that. Mm. Like mainly just... Club Penguin. Club Penguin, yeah. I mean, you know, so AOL, I think, at least for me, that is where I learned all of like the shorthand stuff. JK, LOL, BRB, like all that stuff. Um, That's the first time that I ever remember seeing any of that stuff. Mm. And that was like seventh or eighth grade. And you had like dial-up internet, and so it would take like fifteen minutes to connect to the internet. Oh yeah. yeah. You'd be like chatting with your girlfriend on AOL, and your mom would like pick up the phone to call someone, and you're like, "Mom, dang it!" You know, because if she's on the phone, then the internet is down. Yeah. You know, because you right. have dial-up internet. So, uh, yeah, AOL was great. It's so weird to think nowadays that like those things were connected at one point. You know? Yeah. Like, like, what is phone doing? A landline. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I remember too, like in, in middle school, we would play a bunch of like mini clip and like yeah. those games those so and cool. like, it was so slow like that too, where like <laughs> I could make a move and then I would like go and do something for like three minutes and then come back and <laughs> yeah. finally it's loaded to the <laughs> other side. Like it was slow process, slow gaming. But we didn't know it was slow. Like at the time right. you were like, this is amazing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it was normal. That's amazing. <laughs> Another hobby of yours is, uh, going to concerts and playing music mm-hmm. I guess the question I have is first concert best concert wow hmm what counts as like a first concert like can it be a festival a music festival could be I think so yeah um, they have these huge things in um, in Kentucky called Ictus have y'all heard of the Ictus festival no uh, but some of my friends in college lived in a house that they called the Ictus okay wow no <laughs> I've heard that I word I've heard that word before but no mm. yeah it um it was like this huge Christian festival. So like okay. all like the big Christian artists would go to like Toby Mac and like Skillet and like like Switchfoot. Third Day. <laughs> you guys know, you guys even know who that yeah, is? Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Um I think that was the first like one that I like was a musical fe- music festival that I went to. The first one that I like personally paid for um was a Reliant K. Um and I was in like high school I think and then my friends and I just dropped down to to Louisville, I think, to go check out a concert. Really sick. Um, it was like right after one of their album releases. Yeah, just a great time. Um, best concert. Um, 
many of y'all know, Twenty One Pilots uh, is my favorite band. Um, Did you know they used to be Twenty Two Pilots? <laughs> yeah, we're Twenty Two. We lost one in a <laughs> frightful day. <laughs> R.I.P. <laughs> Gosh, that was always Twenty One Pilots, and um, the best one I went to, I think it was actually here. No, it was in um, St. Louis, Missouri, and it was with my brother, um, who also loves Twenty One Pilots. So just great. Being there with him, um, someone who I like really genuinely love and care about, and then also just like my favorite band at the time after releasing such a great album that I loved. Um, and also, I just like gotten to know them like that past two years or so. Um, it was like riding this high of like every song that they played was like my favorite song, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, what about you guys? Me? Okay. Yeah, Kyle. Um, first concert, we never really, it's funny, growing up. I didn't like music, and the only reason was because my siblings did, so I automatically was like, I can't like this thing that they like, yeah. so music just is not it for me. <laughs> so I just did not like music, <laughs> I had no reason to. Like a music uh, hipster. Yeah, and I didn't really have like any sense of like music that I liked until probably a year or so into high school. Yeah. Um... But the first concert I went to, there's two that I'm not sure which one it was. It was either uh, in college, our first year uh, at UVA, there had been, uh, we were supposed to have, I think Future was supposed to come and perform, but because of the riots that had happened, he canceled. So a bunch of other artists, like, from Virginia, I think sponsored by, like, Dave Matthews, came and performed instead. So you got, like, Cage the Elephant, um, who else was there? Uh. Stevie Wonder showed up at one point. You had, I think, Pharrell was there. Um, Coldplay. Um, for some reason, I'm thinking Ariana Grande, but I don't think she was. Um, this is all because Future didn't show up. Yeah, well, that. <laughs> this is not much, loud. but like the reason he didn't was because of like the the KKK riots that had oh, happened. Shoot, yeah, so yeah. they were like, oh, we gotta get our concert for Charlottesville going. Man. So. I remember me and my roommate went, and I would, I had left. I was like, okay, I have a thing that, that I have to do for tomorrow, uh, homework-wise. And then, like, Stevie Wonder showed up, and we knew what no one knew was coming. And it's like, damn, yeah. I missed that? Yeah. Mm, but wow. um, the other one is, we went to Imagine Dragons, um, which was, uh, I think, it was either before college or, like, right after my first year. Um which was fine. Like they're they're fine. I don't love them. But um, the first one that I paid for myself was uh, the Backseat Lovers is my favorite band, mm-hmm. and they were playing in Brooklyn uh, about a couple weeks before I moved to Nashville. Mm-hmm. So I got a couple friends uh, left work for the day, and we went down uh, to go see them, and uh, it was great because they're just like so good live because they're just fantastic on the guitar. Yeah. Um, so they just do a lot of really cool stuff. Um, but I think. That one could either be the best one, but I think the one, the Nokahan concert we went to mm. was great. Yeah, um, we saw, uh, what's their face? One Republic and Need to Breathe were brilliant. They had like a lot of really cool stuff that they did mm. during their concert. Um, those are probably ones that I rate pretty highly. Yeah, That's awesome. Yeah. Sounds like a lot of fun. My first concert, I'd say first concert, um, I guess I'm I'm classifying it as like a concert that I wanted to go to. You know, like I I had been to like 
um, you know, barbecue in the park down by the river <laughs> where like the bluegrass band is down there playing. But uh, the first concert was my dad took me and one of my buddies to go see Leonard Skinner and ZZ Top um, in Huntsville. Hmm. I think I was in either seventh or eighth grade. I was somewhere in middle school and it was awesome. It was awesome. It was so cool. Um, but I didn't. I didn't really like know that that world existed. I loved yeah, like you didn't get to see any of the halftime shows. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I loved. Um, I loved the uh, southern rock, classic rock type stuff. But it was just seeing. <laughs> it's kind of eye opening to see like everybody here is like fifty five, <laughs> and um, obsessed <laughs> obsessed with a band from like. 30 years ago yeah. and now I, like my favorite concert um, that I've ever been to two come to mind I'll say that the the first one is like the coolest concert so there's this music festival in Orange Beach Alabama called uh, the Hangout Music Festival it's like Gulf Shores Alabama it's called the Hangout Music Festival and it was like either the second or third year I can't remember we, we went both years we went year two and three that they had it. And one of the years, um, CeeLo Green was supposed to play, but he just didn't show up. And the Foo Fighters were playing after CeeLo Green. So there's a crowd. There's no concert on stage. So the Foo Fighters just come out like an hour and a half early and just play an hour and a half's worth of covers. No. They're playing like Pink Floyd, Leonard Skinner, I mean or, or I mean like Led Zeppelin. Um just all kind of like just doing covers. It was yeah. the coolest thing yeah. I've ever seen. That's so and fun. this is the freaking Foo Fighters. It's yeah. not like some like bar band that's yeah. like we'll go get airtime. Yeah. <laughs> no, they're like hey, there's thousands of people yeah. out there on the beach no that way. don't have a concert because CeeLo Green's a jerk. And, uh, <laughs> uh, That's like the concert y'all went to where someone did show up for a few hours and then uh, the DJ just had to keep playing, which is vastly less dude, interesting. Teach, two chains, yeah. Uh, it was Waka Flocka open, and he, he knocked it out of the park. Like I'm not really like a huge Waka Flocka, but he, okay. he's so high energy, so much fun. Okay. And then, yeah, we waited, I think, an hour for two chains to... Maybe two hours to, for two, ta- two chains to show up. And then he plays for like an hour and it is garbage. Like we like are all like just trying to leave and there's like someone making a ruckus in front of us in like the, in like the mosh area. Like it was just a terrible time. Not worth two chains at all. But yours sounds awesome. Yeah, that was so awesome. It was so much fun. I'll remember it for the rest of my life. And then the, my, my, my best concert is my favorite band. The very first time that I ever saw them. So it was, um, Actually, no, it was like April 28th, 2002. <laughs> wow. Um, it was a Sunday night in Birmingham, Alabama, and the band's name is Widespread Panic. I thought you were going to say Fish. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, Widespread Panic. So Fish is like, I think that they are, like, I like, Panic is my favorite band. Widespread Panic is my favorite band. Um, I the, the first time I saw them is like, widely regarded as one of their best con- like among fans that have Most seen like panic. 200 mm. shows you know like mm. people would say that show was one of the best shows that they've ever played yeah a uh, 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 high intensity uh, like panic <laughs> concert uh, lots of panic around around the concert in a big so. area too I'd assume yeah 
Widespread. No relation. Everywhere. No relation to Panic at the Disco? No, absolutely not. They sound nothing alike. They do a mashup one day. It's widespread Panic at the Disco. Widespread Panic at the Disco. Hey, if any of y'all who play in either of those bands or manage either of those bands listening, make it happen. If anybody in Widespread Panic is listening right now, just hit me up. (laughs) One of our 14 listeners is in Widespread Panic. Yeah, Man. but now I realize that like I saw those people uh, at the Leonard Skinner ZZ Top concert mm. as being like fifty five year olds that are watching this band from like thirty years ago. That's me with widespread panic <laughs> now. They're all like they're all like sixty, mm. maybe sixty five. They're like old, mm. really old. But I I love them. They're great. Yeah. And you get to grow up with them. That's fun too. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, our faith and life topic for today is about leading a Bible study, which Josh coincidentally does I do um, so our question to kind of get this ball rolling is uh, how did you kind of get into your current group now you've kind of told me about it a little bit but mm-hmm. yeah um, so I I'm a two-timer as it were I go to both <laughs> West End on Tuesdays and then I also go to Church of City on Sundays um, and when I first moved uh, to Nashville I got involved with Church of City and I was like, I heard about these community groups, and I'm like, oh, awesome. I'd love to get in- involved. And then, so I applied, like, August. And it sounds weird to say I applied for a community group. But yeah. legitimately, at the time, it was, like, this huge process. And then, so I applied in August. I heard nothing for two months. And then I, like, I like <laughs> sent out another email, like, hey, what's up? Am I, like, forgotten? They're like, oh, no, you're not forgotten. You know, like, reach out again or something. And then, so this kept getting pushed back until, like, January. And then finally I got in contact with someone. They said they were meeting that week. And then finally, like, I got put in a group, like, I don't even know, like, March or something insane. So it was a process. But I finally got into a community group with Church of the City. And also, side note, they're much better at it now. They've streamlined the process. Yeah. People are not forgotten anymore. But for me, it was a terrible time <laughs> trying to get into a group where I knew no one in Nashville. Uh, but anyway, once I got in, I realized, like, how much need there was for, like, you know, building a community. Because it's really tough. Um and um, this guy named Parker Buck, he was the, the leader at the time. Um, he just essentially, like, walked us through it. And then it was also, like, COVID hit. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, so instead of doing, like, our weekly, like, discussion questions, which we normally do, like, just going over the sermon from Sunday, um, I normally was, like, the one kind of more or less leading the group with, like, Jackbox games. And, like, we just kind of, like, hung out on Zoom playing Jackbox games because I had them. Um and then finally, like, we get back to, like, in-person meetings, and then it feels like an actual group again. Um, so that's kind of, like, the whole process of getting into my current group. Yeah. Um, and then about a year ago, he ended up, that same leader, um, getting married. And then so he stepped down and asked um, my um, roommate and I if we wanted to be the leaders for the group. Um, so yeah. you said that um, group, you, you guys call them community groups? Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah. Um it look what that looks like is are are you guys going through you said you have discussion questions from the sermon yeah so it's kind of like pastor preaches a sermon and then there's just like questions that go more in depth you know that your group goes through yeah that's what like most of the groups will do Um, when we first started the group um like after like i was asked to be a leader they were kind of like you don't have to do anything that we tell you like you can take it any direction you want. So really, if you wanted to go through your own book or series or anything, you're allowed to do that. 
Um, it's just easiest for us. Like, and we did that for a little bit. Yeah. But it's just easiest for us to just like get questions, like just open up group. Like our focus is obviously on like community because mm. we're called community. Right. So we just like want to like start it off, make it really chill, make people want to come and like be in community with one another. Um, and then the discussion questions are like, um, so Pastor Darren talked about this this week. Like, here's a question about it. like it'll be like. I don't know, how can you apply this to, like, your work life? How can you apply it to, like, you know, your day-to-day or other hard-hitting questions? So you have, um, has it been, like, the same, pretty much the same people in this group for a couple years? No, it has changed so much. Rotational, yeah. Yeah, very much so. Um, There's been, I think, other than Hayden, there's been one guy, I think, that's been in there since, essentially, like, we started leading the group. Um, Everyone else has changed like multiple times like multiple generations of this mm-hmm. group um, which is nuts for how small the group is it's like 10 people 15 people um, but yeah we've <laughs> like gone through a lot um, but I don't know life happens and like yeah. it's understandable um, there's even a a couple recently that I like I love them to death like they were just so fun to have in group they had so much wisdom um, and then I didn't see him for a bit and I reached out and was like, Hey man, like what's going on? Like, I haven't seen you in a group. Just wanted to check in on you. And he's like, Oh, I started a group. <laughs> I was oh, like, wow. oh wow. <laughs> Lots of bummer, but also I'm so happy for you. <laughs> you know, one of those situations. I can't tell you how many times in like young adults, like leading the young adult ministry, I thought you were going to say, um, Oh, we moved or yeah. something. <laughs> Cause that's happened to me so many times where mm-hmm. I've been like, um, somebody's come like three or four times and it's like, oh, this is going to be, you can kind of tell when someone is coming for a while, you're like, oh, they're, they're going to stick. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I like somebody will stick and I'm like, oh, cool, cool. And then I won't see him for like a month or two. I'm like, hey dude, just checking in on you. Just let me know if you need anything. And he's like, oh, I actually live in like Oregon now. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. oh, okay, cool. <laughs> see ya. Yeah. I thought you were going to say that, uh, <laughs> When you find out someone's leading a new group and you find out Paulson's actually leading your group. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I guess I'm not yeah. leading today. And then he gets a black eye. Yeah. So if y'all have Probably seen Paulson uh, today on March the 7th of 2023, his black eye may or may not be the work of uh, Daniel Meek. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or it might just be that he is clumsy and tripped. Yeah. That's probably yeah. more true. Yeah. Who knows? God works in mysterious ways, you know. So was it was it hard for you? Um, like, did did they ask you to be the leader of that group? Did Church of the City say, "Hey, Josh, will you take this group and run with it?" No, it was the the old leader. Um, okay, he just knew he was getting married. He's like, "Hey, I just want to okay have time." Um, but it's it's kind of funny. Like, if I had a dime for every time that I just like fell into a leadership position, yeah. dude, like it just I'd have at least two dimes, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like. In, in college as well, like, I were, I was involved with, like, CSF for a little bit, which is our campus ministry, um, like, one of the biggest ones on campus at UK, and then, um, and then I got involved with crew also, mm-hmm. and then, like, just both of those, like, I was, like, thrown into leadership positions, yeah. too, just, I feel like most college, like, campuses also just need people a lot of yeah. times. Uh, it's like, are you here and available? You're right. <laughs> we just need able-bodied men. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, so just... I felt like I was able to just transition pretty easily because I was just so used to, you know, like how crew did it and just used to the idea of just, they provide a lot of the resources. All you have to do is kind of just be there, yeah. be able to prepare and then just like make sure that people are 
behaving properly, like not going insane, right? Yeah. It's shockingly easy to leave, especially when churches have such, you know, good resources available. Yeah. So what do you think are some of the most important aspects that you found from your time leading? Mm. Um, Some big ones for sure are, are like, this is so not me. So this is, I'd say the biggest um, aspect that I'm learning is just like planning ahead a lot. Um, Whether that means like making sure we have a service opportunity that's like two months down the line, like. I never think like two months down the line for like hardly anything. <laughs> um, but um, I don't know, just like doing that or like planning, like we try to do um, um, just like weekly or sorry, monthly meals where we just like hang out. We don't do anything related to like actual Bible study. We just hang out and just eat and break bread together kind of thing. Um, but then, man, like along with that, also, just like with like holidays and whatnot, like I'm so oblivious to holidays too. So it just <laughs> just planning ahead is a huge aspect, of it, and I just I'm so bad at it. Um, but another piece of it too is just like trying to um, facilitate conversation for sure, um, and just like realizing that like some people who are quieter, just like allowing them to have space to speak up, and then people that are like louder, you know, like maybe allow them to like. <laughs> take it a little bit easier so you can allow the other people to mm-hmm. um, to speak up and there is definitely a, a learning process with that because um, it's hard to be like tactful when you're like hey you you're talking a lot can you not <laughs> you know yeah. oh, we had a time in college where my group had gotten pretty small and they would ask okay does anyone have any thoughts on this no one would say anything mm. so uh, it's like hard to get people to want to convey their thoughts. Hmm. I think a lot of the time the, when we got off script and just ended up talking about something random is when it kind of worked the best. Yeah. But um, I think it's just like I'd have leaders who would always you know, be like, hey, what are you thinking about? And half the time, whoever they asked was not prepared to answer. <laughs> <laughs> but Yeah, yeah it's, it, is, it really is hard to get people to talk if it's in a small group setting, especially, hmm. well, I don't know. It's it maybe in both settings, but it's like um, when we do like the discussion stuff in young adults up, upstairs here. There's like 60, 50, 60 people in the room, and so if there's like six people who are willing to talk, then you're like, oh, okay, cool. Like that was a decent discussion because mm-hmm. I can't have sixty people talk because we'd be here all night, but. If it's like a small group and there's like one person that wants to talk, you're just like... Unless the person's Daniel, in which case we're going all night. <laughs> which, yes, then you're going all night. But um, it can be it can be very like like crickets, you know, like very like... Yeah. Uh, like like wanting to fall asleep. It can, it can really uh, be pretty dreary and like drag out for a while. And you're like, golly, this stinks. How do I make people talk? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's more engaging just having multiple people give their opinions. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think maybe the part of it that people just don't want to speak is like they feel like they have to have something big to say. You yeah. Know? It's like, you know, like someone's going to relate with almost anything you say relating to, to this, you know. Just say, I agree with David. <laughs> Leave it that. <laughs> or Jesus. You know, he yeah. just always throws that card out. Yeah, I concur with what Jesus says. Yeah, yes. <laughs> it seems like a tried and true. I think, think. I think he was right. Yeah. <laughs> um, another aspect of it that um, I was talking to you, Daniel, about mm-hmm. like forever ago um, was just like conflict management. 
that's another piece of it that is just it can be such a process um where for example there's a guy in one of my um in my group i wouldn't say a name um where he he just like always was wanting our group to like go with his plan um so like he would always be like trying to like i'm like this is awesome dude please start a group and you can do whatever like ideas you are <laughs> our group's plan is not your mission kind right of thing. and it just kind of it just felt like different worlds but then also and this is not the conflict yet i mean it's a little bit of conflict but he's the same guy who also would just be like asking for so so much and like one time he asked for like fifteen hundred dollars and he yeah. was just like hoping that people in the group would just like give him money and we barely knew what it was for um so just yeah. like dealing with things like that where you're like I hope that there truly is a need for you and I would love to help you meet that need, but also like, it's just hard to know how to handle right. the situation. It's, yeah. it's a lot. Um, especially as like a dude that was, I was like younger than he was, you know? So I'm like, I just haven't experienced this. You're also like, a, a, like I'm like the leader of this group. Like what is my role in helping you? And it just, it was a lot to handle for a brief period of time. Um, yeah, that can be so difficult conflict management stuff is just you're in a world of like you don't really have authority over anyone Mm -hmm. you know like you don't really have like like your boss can fire you or your parents can like whatever discipline you or punish you or um you know the government can you know penalize you for this or for that but like everybody in a small group or a community group is there voluntarily and it's like (laughs) yeah okay so you're Josh, you're the leader, but what if I don't want to do what you want to do? And what if I want, what if I want to take this group and do what I want to do? It's like, it's just so hard. Yeah. So hard to manage adults and young adult people who have opinions. That's, that's the hardest thing for me to do sometimes is to take suggestions from well-meaning and like, very lovely, wonderful people in young adults community. They're like, hey, Daniel, have you ever thought about doing this? Or I think it would be great if we did this. Mm. And um, some some of the hardest things can be like how to receive that and say thank you while also like not committing to that at all. Mm. Because... I mean, part of that is just like we have one full-time staff person on young adults ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some of it's like that's genuinely um, a heartfelt idea, but it's not a good idea. Or it's like, go start your own group and then you can do that. <laughs> right. yeah. so it would be like, hey, that's a great idea. You should start a small group off of young adults group and then y'all could do that. Mm-hmm. But this is like what we're doing. Yeah. It is hard. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously you appreciate the ideas, but you're like, we yeah. can't do everything. We, we can't, can't do everything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> limited time, limited resources. Like we have to make sure we have a mission and follow it. Yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. And people need to be aware of that. Like, I mean, if you're listening to this, like you, you know, like just figure out how to lovingly encourage those people. If you're in a church group or something like the people who are leading and facilitating, they, they need like encouragement and affirmation and they will ask you if they need help, like coming up with ideas or like direction or, Hey, what's your opinion on this or that? They, they will. So, um, just food for thought. Yeah. And to add to that too, I think, 
um, realizing if there is a need that you can help with that's already existing. Uh-huh. Like, I think the reason that I was asked to lead this group is because I, I realized that there was a need already and I was like trying to like fill a, a leadership role like before I was even a leader, you know, where like I was just, I was the games guy. Like anytime yeah. we did anything outside, like I could do the games or like just things like that where you see a need, you fill the need. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you select people who are already naturally doing those things and you go to them and say, Hey, you're already doing these things. Help me, help me do it better. You know, that mm. kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Great. Great stuff. Josh, thank you for <laughs> coming on to the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me on for the third time. Watch out. Yeah. Third time. They'll call it a three-peat. Well, almost as many as Daniel. <laughs> 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 I've got twice as many appearances as Josh, okay? <laughs> but uh, it's been a blast. Maybe last time, maybe not. You have your own? Okay, I'll see you guys later. Yeah. <laughs> Go start your own podcast. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. I'm proud of that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, don't get into too many devious licks out there. Whoa. Um, we've got uh, coming up just regular Tuesday group. Uh, this upcoming weekend is a uh, uh, service opportunity at mm. The Ascent. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dan, if you want to explain more about that. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's a special needs ministry that we, that our church partners with, um, um, a, a church called Christ Presbyterian Church. Um, and it's a really, really awesome thing. They, they meet every other week on Sunday evening. And so us as young adults community, we will provide a meal and fellowship, worship alongside them and just engage and, and just have fun for about two hours, uh, with the special friends that are part of the ascent, and then um, Stephen Simmons will be teaching. Uh, Stephen Simmons is our men's, our director of men's ministry at West End Community Church, and he will be here next Tuesday night to teach us um, in Acts ten and eleven, which is a huge lift because each one of those, both of those chapters are like forty verses each. <laughs> so I was like, have fun. Um, <laughs> But, you know, the, most of the direction for the Acts series comes from Acts 1-8. That's like, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So I've just told Stephen, don't try to, don't try to bite off every single verse and explain it like in depth. Use the, use the template of like, how can we be witnesses and how can we put things in our pocket to go out to the end of the earth. And so, you know, I, I think it'll be great. Stephen's a great teacher. He just got um, officially ordained uh, last Sunday in the, the PCA, uh, which is a huge deal. So um, he's a smart guy, great teacher, good friend. Great. All right. Thanks, guys, for listening. Take it easy now. Bye. Bye.